Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either... You are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I am still in Las Vegas. It is Friday morning, 8.20 a.m. PST. I am still on a high from the Usher show on Wednesday night. If you follow me on social media, you see that's all I've been posting about for like the last couple days. It was such an amazing show. And if you listen to this podcast regularly... You know, I've talked about that Usher show endlessly, like every episode for a while. I was complaining about the price of the tickets and how bad I wanted to see Usher and how obsessed I am with Usher's music. And a good friend made it happen for me. Thank you, Nicole. Nicole Walters. She's been on the show before. She was on when she was promoting her her TV show. She's the boss. I told you then that Nicole and I are good friends in real life. When I put the Odyssey together, I sent out the itinerary to several friends. And I was like, this is where I'm going. I can catch up with you in your city or you can join me on some other part of the Odyssey. All are welcome. Just, you know, give me a heads up so we can coordinate the plans. But these are my plans. And so she was like, I'm going to Vegas. And I was like, all right. And so she was like, did you get tickets to Usher yet? And I was like, I didn't. Like, I'm still like, I'm waiting for these prices to drop because blah, blah, blah. She was like, I'm gonna get you the tickets for your birthday. That's how I got my tickets to the Usher show. Um, Just for the record, the tickets did not cost thousands of dollars. They weren't a thousand dollars, to be quite honest with you. The backstage experience, 
Now, that was a little costly, but I was very, very thankful for it. I had an amazing, an amazing, amazing time. I've never done a backstage experience. I've been backstage for folks before. I've never done like a whole immersive experience. With Usher, two hours before the show, we were escorted backstage into a room that looked like Magic City. It was, you know, the stages with the stripper poles and a woman named Mama came by. She was an older black woman and she had a whistle and she instructed us that we were not to touch the girls. It was very Harlem Nights. Like I am in charge of the girls. And she was dressed in like 1920s garb too. So it just really, you know, played into the moment. But if you touch the girls, then the whistle will blow and the security will come. So she was just letting us know that the girls are being watched. They are to be respected and not touched. So, okay. There was a sign where you could purchase Usher Bucks, which I was like, what? So it was $25 for one stack of Usher Bucks. So I think like 100 ones, maybe. I don't know what a stack is. I've thrown out money in a strip club, but somebody usually gives me a stack. I don't know how much I'm throwing. It's not my money. So I wasn't really paying attention to how much I was throwing out. So they're selling the Usher Bucks. And me and Nicole were trying to figure out like, wait, so you're going to sell the Usher Bucks for $25 a stack. There was also like 100 for like five stacks. But you're going to sell the Usher Bucks so people can spray the dancers. And all you're going to do is collect all that cash that people just bought and repackage it and resell it. I was like, this is genius. This is absolute genius. And Nicole and I, because we both think about like branding and marketing and like legality of things like way too much. We were like looking at the Usher Bucks like it looks very real. It's Usher's face on $1 bills, 20s, 100s. Like just to glance at it, it, it looks like a very similar design to actual money. And I was like, how is this legal? Like there ain't no FBI investigation into this. He was trying to spend it at the strip club. That's how the whole Usher Bucks thing like popped off. So we were held in this room for a while. Then Usher comes in and we take pictures with him. And then when we emerge from the room, it's like this whole experience. So you can go into this one room and it's like uh, Usher's dressing room. And then there's another room and it's like a cabaret. And it has like a lounge singer, a bunch of like dancers, very 1920s feel. And the lounge singer is singing cabaret versions of all of Usher's songs. So in my IG stories, she was singing No Limit. She sang some other stuff too. She had a beautiful voice, but like nothing stands out in my mind. There was just so much going on. Another room was like backstage at the strip club. Mama was helping one of the strippers get dressed. And then after all the pictures were taken, we were allowed back into the room with the stripper poles and women were dancing. Like, I mean, I wasn't sure if I was like, are these dancers or entertainer strippers. Now, one for sure was definitely a stripper. Like the way she was moving, I was like, that ain't no regular dancer. I mean, trained dancers. But I don't know if they're they're like trained in like pole dancing. That ain't no just, you know, like I watch the choreography and I'm just going, you know, learn these tricks real quick. No, that's that's effort and talent. That's like some acrobat shit. That's extra. Um, yeah, it was funny. When I was posting clips on my Instagram from Usher's concert, you know, people were talking about like the roller skates. This one lady wrote in. She said, is this fanciful Negro on skates? That fanciful Negro was indeed actually factually on skates. I was like, Usher. And sounding beautifully. Like he was skating around, dancing on the skates, singing on the skates. Indeed, the man can sing. We know Usher can sing and did. And did. He sang beautifully live. It was a really good show. Oh, the strippers. So, or dancers or athletes, as I started calling them. That's what we're going with this. 
there was this one dancer, and there were several of them, but there was this one in particular who was like just extra. And I was like, that ain't no damn dancer. That's that's athlete. Put some respect on that woman's name. That is a professional athlete. Because my legs, my arms, my ass, my whole body ain't doing none of that. My core ain't, it's not happening. My legs, and my legs are strong as fuck. I got, I got a leg on me. But it, it, it ain't going to do none of that. It's not. We could work on the core a little more, but on my best day, my body ain't doing that. And it wasn't doing it at 20-something either. I was like, put some respect on that lady's profession. Not a stripper. Not an entertainer. An athlete. Call her what she is. But, oh, my gosh. It was really, really good. So after the backstage, it was about two hours. I have all kind of, like, souvenirs. They gave me some Usher glasses. They gave me, like, an Usher coin. It's a gold coin with Usher looking like Julius Caesar. With like the leaf crown around his head. And I was like, this Negro. This fanciful Negro. So extra. So then they led us from backstage into the concert. What was really interesting, there were people who had paid for backstage passes, but didn't pay for the concert. It's two separate things. So the backstage package and the concert. And I would just assume that if you liked an artist enough to pay to see them backstage, you would also pay to see the concert but a lot of people like dipped they were like you know they got what they wanted i was like oh okay backstage i saw john gray and his wife inventor you know I've, I've had much commentary at the time that they're in the news as a practice i don't continually drag folks or talk about stuff unless it's like you know relevant in the moment so if something happens on like a monday or a tuesday like you know i got about like a week maybe 10 days to talk about it but i don't go back and drag stuff People do what they do. It's in the news. It's commentary. And then you just move on. But I recognize them. I don't know if they recognize me. I've met Pastor Gray on multiple occasions. He's been in my DMs before about commentary that I've given online about some of his shenanigans, particularly the thing about my wife as a coat, which I was like, sir, come the fuck on. That they were there. It was fine. Somebody asked me, they were like, was it awkward? And I was like, no, why would it be? Like, what is he going to say to me? What am I going to say to them? I will say this one thing, and I'm not going to say anything else, because they were there as a couple at a concert. They were not there as brand name TM people, and I was not there as a journalist or a podcaster. I was just a woman on vacation with her homie there to see a concert. But I sat directly behind them. And John Gray is huge, which, I mean, everyone knows, right? But I had to, like, step out of my seat and, like, into the row for most of the concert, because literally he was standing in front of me. And I was like... Of all things, I was like, the way I've dragged this man, and now literally he's blocking my view of Usher. But at one point in the concert, Usher plays Confessions, and <laughs> and Mrs. Gray turned around and looked at her husband, and he kind of laughed, and then like, I don't know, like, you know, pulled her in or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was, it was a couple's moment. I mean, clearly they've, you know, worked through their ish, or they're working through their ish. They are still very much a couple with all the affections and, and all of that such. So, you know, they working on their shit. That's their life. Live your best. But it was just funny, like the confessions thing. And me and Nicole looked at each other like, did you see that? But it was a really great concert. Like, Usher is amazing. For all the hype for the concert and all of my, like, angst about getting tickets, it was all worthwhile. It was a really, really good show. Like, I left the show and was like, I have to see that again. And then I watched the clips as I was posting them yesterday, which, by the way, y'all crashed my Instagram. I couldn't get on my Instagram for part of the day yesterday because so many people were logged into my stories, which thank you. 
I don't have like the Swiss Beats Timberland versus Connect where I can like call the owner of Instagram and get like extended time or extended bandwidth. Y'all crashed my shit. I would have uploaded more videos, but y'all crashed my shit. I couldn't even post yesterday. My app just kept crashing and kicking me out. It was so weird. But really, really good show. The tickets are pricey. They've dropped from like the $3,000 or $2,800 that I was talking about earlier this year. Like I checked day of show and I think in the front sections, tickets were like $9.99. And then there were other tickets for, I want to say like the $400 section for $300. It's pricey, but it's a good show. If you can get the to Vegas to see Usher... I think there's another round of shows this weekend and next weekend, and then he's off until until the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day shows. But if you can get the to Vegas, if you have the means and the PTO, or you're self-employed and you set your own schedule, get the to Vegas. It's worthwhile. It really is. Congratulations to Simone Biles. I think at the last episode, she'd announced she was competing in the Olympics again on the balance beam. But she hadn't performed yet. And by the time the episode went up, she performed. She won bronze. So congratulations to her. I think that's either her ninth or tenth Olympic medal. It's um, heavily speculated that this is her last Olympics just because her age. She's 24. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I mean, she is like, you know, the greatest of all time. So we'll see. But good for her. You know, I was worried about her last week. That was genuine worry. Very genuine worry. That's part of our good black news. In other good black news, Rihanna is a billionaire. Forbes announced that her net worth is somewhere around $1.7 billion. Only Oprah Winfrey surpasses her as the wealthiest female entertainer. So good for Rihanna. Forbes does note that her long money is not necessarily from entertaining, which I kind of guess, but it's from Fenty Beauty, which is only four years old, which is both like weird to me because I feel like Fenty's been around less time. But I'm also like, damn, four years and $1.7 billion? How much Fenty are you selling, ma'am? I know I contributed to that bottom line because I'm out here with a tan that I don't even understand. I wanted to put on a little face for the Usher show. I had some makeup with me. I haven't been wearing much makeup this whole trip. No foundation at all. Um, but I wanted to put on a face for the Usher show. I went to put on the makeup I brought. I, that's not my color no more. I had to go to Sephora and get some Fenty. And we went all the way down the line. Like, usually I'm, like, dead smack in the middle of, like, the Fenty colors. I'm, like, somewhere down on the deep end. Like, she picked up this color, and I was like, that's not my shade. And she was like, she was like, you have a tan. And I was like, fine, you could try it. She wasn't black. She was of other color. I don't know where she was from. But she was like, just give it a try. And I was like, ooh, this lady don't know what the fuck she doing. She about to put this dark-ass color on me. She don't understand. And then she put it on. I looked in the mirror, and I couldn't tell. And she was like, it blends so perfectly. And I was like... Oh, my God. I'm brown. I mean, I'm happy about it. But I was like, I don't know if I've ever been this brown before. Between the Mexico sun and the Vegas sun and the Miami sun, that's a lot. Forbes points out that Fenty Beauty is actually worth about $2.8 billion. Rihanna also owns Fenty Skin and the lingerie line Fenty Savage, which is worth about another billion. And Ford estimates that Rihanna owns about 30% of Savage Fenty and about 50% of Fenty Beauty. And there's a Fenty perfume coming. I'll never know what it smells like. I can't wear perfume. Did y'all know that? I am like terribly allergic to perfume and cologne. My parents can't spray perfume or cologne when I'm in the room. I've been like that since I was a kid. I will sneeze and sneeze and sneeze and sneeze until my nose bleeds. Like it's bad. Perfume is my kryptonite. 
I know we not getting another album no time soon. It's going to be like the wait for the follow-up for the chronic. Rihanna ain't coming out with no album. She making all this money. Although she said she never went in it for the money. Which I actually kind of believe is true. I think she loves being a musician. I think she loves performing. But I also think, you know, it probably requires way more work and way more effort. And she'd rather just build her, you know, the beauty empire. Continue to build her beauty empire. At the point that you're 1.7, you've built. You're not building. You might be expanding, but you're not just building. Good for her. And I guess good black news. Diddy or Love, which is now his legal name. He's on the cover of Vanity Fair. They have a turn of the century issue. There's two covers. I don't know which one is newsstands and which one is mailer. There's one with him. He's turned to the side. It's a profile. You can see love tattooed in like gigantic letters down the side of his body. It's a good cover. And then there's also a cover with Diddy and his three girls. Beautiful, beautiful portrait. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls. But, uh... I read the article this morning. Diddy is, he's so extra. The writer goes to his house and she describes that he wanted her to feel comfortable. And he instructed his staff to like make things sexy. So they, they brought over some roses and he wanted her to, uh, to wear this pashmina. And he, she says specifically, he said pashmina, not bring me a blanket, bring me a pashmina. So somebody on the staff brings the pashmina and she says, quote, he wraps me in the massive woolen throw like a burrito, fixing the edges to his satisfaction. His hands are elegant and competent, much like the man himself. I tell him he was obviously raised right and he concurs easily. Quote, I love the company of women and I take care of you. It is his way. So the article focuses on how Diddy, Combs, Love, look, Puffy, whatever this man's name is, how the person currently known as Love, how he was one of the first mega celebrities to turn, and I'm quoting, to turn music, art, fashion, and branding into a content machine. His instinct for elevating the mundane into an experience is part of his charm and his success. So the article basically focuses on how Diddy launched himself into the stratosphere at the turn of the century and how he's remained relevant all these years. And then his latest reiteration, Love, which, I mean, he explained what it's about. It sounded like a bunch of bullshit. And, and it's someone, obviously not at Diddy's level, but who's changed their name a couple times from, from Belle to Demetria to Demi. Like, it's a, it's a refresh. That's all it is. It allows you to start over with a fresh slate. So, you know, if this is his start over, as a, a single father, six children, but currently raising three young ones. I think they're all 11. Is that right? Beautiful girls. But this is his new rebranding. He said he's launching an R&B label, which, okay, Diddy, Puffy, the artist currently known as Love. Whatever makes you happy. I just, yeah. Beautiful pictures. What, what did Aretha say about Taylor Swift? Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful, beautiful photos. Beautiful photos. Diddy's Diddy. I okay I'm moving along today's episode is brought to you by Angie Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well let me tell you there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you you watch them do it the right way and you go thank god I didn't try to do that myself I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing a painting falling off the wall like it I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, 
I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Nas has a new album, King's Disease. I didn't get a chance to listen yet. I had it playing earlier. It was playing off my iPhone. I didn't bring my good headphones on this trip. I couldn't find them. And I was like, Lord, did I lose my beats? Ungood. I have camouflage beats and I cannot find them. I looked in the car, looked all over my place. I mean, it's a loft. It's one big ass room. I'm like, how do you lose something in a loft? But I could not find them. I searched high and low. And then I was out on the road and I was like, oh, I'll just buy another pair. And I wanted the gold ones, which I cannot find anywhere. They're sold out everywhere. In every city that I was in, they wouldn't arrive in time for me to get them in the city and I didn't want to send them to a hotel. If when I get home later today, I'm going to tear my place apart again and see if I can find my beats. And if I can't, then I'll just buy a new pair, which I'm really frustrated about because like camo beats are hard to come by. That's not the point. The point is I had Nas's new album playing earlier, but my iPhone on speaker just has terrible sound. I have my tiny speaker with me, but it's just not like the right sound to like listen to new music. I like to listen to new music either on my headphones or when I'm driving. That's how I can tell if I really like an album or not. So I haven't had a chance to like really listen to it yet. I turned it on specifically to listen to the song he has with Lauren Hill. I don't even remember the name of it. Hold on. Where's my phone? You know, I'm a Lauren Hill devotee. We were just speaking about turn of the century artists. And Lauren Hill was one of my favorites. Still is one of my favorites. Despite Lauren Hill, Lauren Hilling. The song is called Nobody. That's their second collaboration they had another one if i ruled the world forever ago that's a good video too but it's a good song nas talks that like grown man business reflecting on life and my accomplishments and legacy talk i like that i like that kind of talk i like that focus lauren hill has a line in her verse which is hot also very consistent i guess with her public I don't want to call them rantings, open letters. When she does speak, she doesn't speak very often, but she always paints herself as as very persecuted. And so this is in line with her, you know, uh, persecution perspective. One of the lines she says is, you know, I'm saving souls with her music. And she says, y'all complain about my lateness. 
You can't save souls and be on time. I'll give you 15 minutes of grace, even 20, hell, 30. But it takes you an extra two hours to save souls. I'm just saying. I mean, God, you know, I, I get that. But Lauren, you're an entertainer. You can't, you can't be on time to perform. I know, I know, I know. You complain about my lateness. I don't complain about her lateness. I just don't go to her shows. Because the woman's been late constantly for like 10 years, at least. So like, yo, you know what you're getting when you buy tickets to a Lauren Hill show. You know you're going to have like a three or four hour wait. If you're still buying tickets to a Lauren Hill show, then you're, you're okay with that. You don't get a right to complain about that. I, I, that would annoy the fuck out of me. I would not be okay with that. So I do not purchase tickets to Lauren Hill shows. I don't complain because I'm not there. You can't be on time and save a soul. I'm just, I mean, that's just me. That's me. That's me. I watched the new video. There's a track on the album called Rare. It's a good video. I wasn't really all into it. I watched it on my phone. I need my big screen. And honestly, I'm not sitting in my hotel room watching videos. I'm in Vegas. I'm going outside. I'll catch up on all that stuff this weekend. I got a lot to catch up on. Got to go to the grocery store. Got to get my house clean. Got to get my flowers. So my house that I ain't been in in like 28 days can look like a home today. There was a line in this new song, a man who has no imagination has no wings. And I was like, nah, talk that. Talk to me. A man who has no imagination has no wings. If you can't even dream of this shit, you definitely ain't getting it. If you can't even picture yourself there, you definitely ain't going. I loved it. I need to go back and listen to it. Listen to it. I need my headphones. My good headphones. I got these like old school iPhone headphones in right now. And they don't connect to my iPhone. (sighs) First world problems. I'm fully aware. I'm fully aware. And still, I want my good headphones. This is not good black news. This is just news. Kanye West, he had another listening session in Atlanta. I heard that it sold out in 30 minutes, which I was like, yo, this man's hustle. Like the first listening session, he played the album for like 50,000 people. He didn't have a microphone. He didn't say a word. He didn't dance. He just stood there for most of it on an empty floor and then walked around, waved some, and then left. And people paid to see that. I went. I'm one of them. Okay. After that, which everyone was like, he didn't do shit. And he had that whole thing and didn't release the album the next day. Like, what was the point? He did it again. He actually did some shit this time. There still is no album. The album was supposed to be released today. I checked title before I got on here to talk to y'all. There is no album. There there is no album. The album's not out. Who knows when this album is coming out? But he did give a show last night. I saw leading up to it, there was a call out. I want to say people who got, who bought floor tickets. In order to be on the floor, you had to be in all black military garb. I was like, so you paid for a ticket to be told what to wear to the event? Really? I hope that's not the case. I hope I got that wrong because that's a lot. You better provide me with an outfit if you want me to be properly dressed. But it's Kanye. So, you know, people went and found their black because that's what they were wearing on the floor. You know, he's been living in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He's been there for two weeks. So since I was in Atlanta, Kanye West has been living in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He recreated or either just picked up his stuff from where he's staying. He's got like this makeshift bed and a couple other items. 
and he put those in the center of the floor. And then he had the people around him in a circle. I don't know what they did. They seemed to be dancing, like vibing to the music, not like choreographed. And then I think at the end of the show with the song, I guess that's the single off the album, the video that has um, Shikari Richardson in it. No Child Left Behind, I think is the name of the song. I keep calling it He's Done Miracles on Me, which I love the song. For the show that I went to, that was the final song. So I assume it was the finale here because at this show, in the video I saw, Kanye ascends from the floor through the opening of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Which if you recall, when I talked about the Kanye show last week, I was like, you know, they kept opening and closing the dome to the stadium. And I was like, oh, is, is a helicopter going to land? Is Kanye going to come in through the through the top of the stadium? Like there's going to be something extra over the top. Didn't happen for my show. But this show, he's like attached to a harness and he ascends up into the air. And I think out of the stadium, which is some hot shit. I would have loved to see that as opposed to, you know, the little red dot walking around on the floor. I would have preferred Kanye as Jesus on Easter Sunday ascending to heaven. I heard Kim was there again. She was also at the first listening. I heard he added an extra song about their divorce where he was lamenting how he's losing his family, which I feel bad for him in that respect. As you know, just as someone who's been through divorce, it's a horrible, horrible time in a life. And so I just have a little bit of empathy for him in that, that respect. And, and that doesn't absolve him from any of the dumb shit that he said or done. Just to be clear, I'm not absolving him for anything. I think that it's okay to acknowledge he says and does trash things and also have some empathy for his mental health and his divorce and also like his music. I think all three can exist at the same time. But I wish him well. I also wish he would drop this goddamn album. Like, sir, as problematic as Kanye West is, the man does make good music. And he's not like raping people like R. Kelly. Like R. Kelly, I had to cut off. Somebody was playing R. Kelly the other day when I was walking down um, the strip, you know, to those early morning walks, like 6 or 7 a.m. And this man was blasting R. Kelly and was stepping the name of love. And the way my body twitched, wanting to dance or do a little shimmy, or sing along, like I had a visceral, physical reaction to hearing R. Kelly and wanting to dance. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. He ain't shit. He is trash. He's a raping rapist who rapes children. Terrible person. Also made some good ass music. It's not PC to say, but it's hard to deny. Next topic. Alfonso Rivera, he's in the news. He, um, he went and did this interview with, with Atlanta Black News. Let me look this up. He wants to feel persecuted too, apparently. Oh, no, Atlanta Black Star. He did the interview with Atlanta Black Star, and I read the piece on the griot. He says that black people don't like him, and they don't like him because his wife is white. He says he has been rejected, quote, and unquote, rejected by the black community. And I was like rejected i don't think i've ever heard anyone say anything bad about alfonso ribeiro he's sitcom royalty he was carlton banks on the fresh prince of bel-air like everyone loves carlton 
rejected by black folks. I don't think I've ever even heard a black person mention his name. He just doesn't come up in conversation. But that doesn't mean he's rejected. Perhaps he doesn't feel embraced. He's just sort of there. Like, I don't feel like he's, you know, doing anything like, hey, black people, like I'm I'm doing this thing. Like, come join me. Come look at me. Come come laugh with me. I don't I don't feel like he's I don't feel like he's doing a lot of like, you know, black folks outreach. So it's not rejection. There's no conversation about him being canceled. There's no conversation about him. But he says it's because his wife is white, which I was like, I've never thought once about his wife. I never even thought he was married. And if we're keeping it 100, if I thought he had been married, my assumption would not have been that it was to a woman. That was my assumption. But like, okay, you got a white wife who we've never seen. It's not like he's parading the white wife. To my knowledge, he's made no disparaging comments about black women to justify having a white wife. So it's just never something that's come up. I've literally, I've been black for like 42 years. I've literally never heard anyone black say anything disparaging about him. And as a matter of fact, I don't care for Dancing with the Stars. It's just not my cup of tea. Fine show. But I watched Dancing with the Stars for his black ass. When he broke out in the Carlton, he had on like the yellow shirt. He did the Carlton dance in the middle of his routine. Like I fell out. I I loved it. I posted it on social media and shared it with everyone. And we all loved it. So like you don't feel supported by black folks? Really? What what exact support are you looking for? I was curious. I read the article because I was very confused about like where this was coming from. This man said he doesn't feel supported. And the example that he gave was that he's never been invited to the BET Awards. He says, quote, I laugh at the fact that I am a mainstream television host, been in the game forever, and I could purchase tickets to go to the BET Awards. So it is what it is. I'm not going to purchase the ticket. But at the end of the day, if that's the view they take, then that's the view they take. I can't change their mind. All I can do is live my life and be me and be the best version of me and continue to love everybody equally and let it fall where it falls. Nigga, what? You did an interview and said all this shit because you mad about an invite to the goddamn BET Awards? Look, I've been to the BET Awards. It was a nice time. It was. But, like, this is not the arbiter of blackness. There's other black places. Look, BET cut some checks for me. I ain't got nothing bad to say against BET. But, like, come on. BET is not the end-all, be-all. Nigga, what? Then he specifically goes on. To talk about his wife, he says it still happens. I don't, I don't know what the it is. Oh, this, okay. He's talking about his blackness being challenged. He says, I am in a mixed relationship and I get things and looks and comments constantly. And I find it very interesting because you see a lot of things on social media where people say things and people have positions and perspectives. What in the vague, sir? He says, it's not easy to make that choice because you're not at home in any home. I'm never going to be white and I'm never going to be fully supported in the black house. He continues, quote, I'm in my own little world with support from almost no one to be in love with someone I've fallen in love with. How does that make sense? It doesn't. We all want to live in a world where everybody is accepted for being and loving and living the way they choose to live. I will support any person that wants to live in a world that they want to live in. I live in a mixed world. I love in a mixed world. I live in a black world and I love in that world. I feel everyone should be supported. This reads like a nigga that lived in L.A. too long. And if you live in L.A., especially if you're a transplant, 
from the East Coast or the South, you've encountered black men with this perspective. Where it's just like, what? Look, Alfonso Ribeiro, don't nobody care about your white wife. You ain't said nothing to disparage black women in order to, you know, uplift your white wife or, or justify your quote unquote mixed relationship. Go on and live your life, bruh. But I'm telling you, black people, we don't care about your white wife and we don't not like you. I don't, I don't, please, BET, invite this man to the award show so he can feel the black love. We do like Alfonso Ribeiro. He was Carlton, for God's sakes. This is just weird. Sir, did you just want some attention? If you don't go on and post a thirst trap on the internet like everybody else, do some of them Will Smith videos. You got long coin. Will ain't been in a movie in a minute. Now, he's about to do this um, with Serena and Venus's father, Richard. He about to do this Richard Williams story, which I saw the trailer for. Next topic. You better go act somewhere or start doing these Will Smith type videos on Instagram because that's how Will stays relevant. Will gives us a little video every day. So he's always on the tip of our tongue. And then Will drops into a project and we'd be like, oh, okay, we love Will because Will talks to us every day. Will interacts with us and engages with us like literally every day. So when Will does a project, we're like, oh, okay, we're going to go see Will. Same thing with The Rock. Like he talks to us every day. He shares with us every day. I mean, he does the same five fucking things. Work out, eat, drink tequila, play with the girls. Oh, no, he added fishing. He, He got a lake from somewhere and he has these big fat fish. And then promote his films, films slash work. That's all he does. Every day, pick one of the six. That's what The Rock gives us. But he's engaging us all the time. So when he comes out and was like, okay, I've been talking to y'all all this time. I like you. You like me. I got this project coming out. Come support. Okay. We need to hear from you more, Mr. Ribeiro. We don't not like you. We're not shunning you. Just come and talk to us. We'll talk back. I'll talk back. Not like that, though. Just come, come out more. Just come out and talk more. We're here. We're, we're here to listen. We're here to talk. You clearly need some attention. We're happy to give it to you. We like you. But don't do no more foolish ass interviews talking about black folks don't like you. Because this, you have enough goodwill that we can let this interview go. We can say that you need some attention and just, you know, be like, oh, he's, he's on one today. You have enough goodwill that this is not going to like, you know, harm you with black folks. Just move on from this narrative or, or address it with your therapist. Because this is some shit that's really in your head. Like, this is not like the vast majority of black folks. We just, you don't do nothing to talk to us. So we don't, we don't, we're not thinking about you, but it's not a lack of support. We like you. Come on and have a conversation with us. You want to come on the show and talk to us? I got a lot of black people listening. A lot. Backstage at Usher. One of the hosts is backstage. He comes over to the table to greet us. Very friendly bunch, like Disney-esque. Good vibes, good energy. But he comes over and he says, oh, you know, ladies, where are you from? I'm from here. I'm from there. He says, okay. He said, what do you do for a living? I said, you know, I write. And he was like, he was like, you say that like, you know, like you do a whole lot of things and and writing is like the short version of it. And I was like, you could say that. And he was like, well, what else do you do? You like you write and you and I was like, I have a podcast. And he said, oh, really? What's your podcast called? And I was like, Ratchet and Respectable. He was like, oh, shit. My sister listens to it. This dude is from Utah. I think his sister lives in Utah. Shout out to the sister in Utah that has a brother on the Usher tour. He was like, my sister's going to wow out when I tell her I met you. Demetria, right? He was like, Demetria L. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about the L. My lawyer writes the L into contracts. Like, it's a, it's a bullet point in the contract. Like, Demetria must be referred to as Demetria L. Lucas. The L must be included. The L is a version of my dad's name. That's why I'm so, like, intent about it. My dad's name is Larry, L-A-R-R-Y. 
my middle name, L-A-R-I. That's why I'm so neurotic about it. <sighs> Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What else did we have? Oh, Andrew Cuomo was a goddamn pig, which is so disappointing. First and foremost, let's acknowledge the, the, the victims of his harassment and terribleness, that they are the most important part of the story. My thoughts and feelings about reading about Andrew Cuomo and being disappointed in what he did are secondary to the experiences of the women who were harassed and treated poorly by him. That's first and foremost. Now that we've acknowledged that, I can't believe he did this shit. I mean, I can believe he did this shit. I totally believe he did this shit. But like a year ago, literally a year ago this time, we're at the height of the pandemic. This mofo is doing news conferences from New York every day. I spent, I spent most of the pandemic either in D.C. or in L.A. I'm watching news conferences about New York because Andrew Cuomo seems to be the voice of level-headed reason for the country when it comes to COVID. He's going on CNN. He's bantering with Chris. They're giving some levity to the moment. Chris gets COVID. Andrew tears up at the press conference that little brother is infected and he's very worried about him. Andrew starts telling us about his mom, Matilda. We have a whole family saga attached to this man. The girls came home. They were living in the house. He felt better because he likes to have the girls home. One of the daughters brought the boyfriend. We learned about the boyfriend coming into the house. We learned when the boyfriend departed the house. Like it was a whole like reality saga. Like you tune in to hear the COVID updates, but you also get some family business, some updates. Like you put a, a face on a family dealing with COVID. I was like, yo, I think I might have said this on here. Can Cuomo run instead of Biden? Biden was, he wasn't Trump. That's why I voted for him. But I was like, but Cuomo, he has like some pizzazz. We like the family. He, he has that New Yorkism. Like he reads Trump for filth. I like this. I like this energy. I was declaring myself a Cuomo sexual and people were like, oh, for Chris. And I was like, nah, I'm looking at Andrew. People were like, D, you need your eyes checked. And I was like, nah. That sexy New York swag, like, I likes that. He has energy. He also a whole hoe. At work, a working hoe. When he first got accused of sexually harassing women, a couple women, three was three women, two women who worked for him came forward, and then another very young woman, he'd attended a wedding, and he, like, grabbed her face and kissed her. He put his hand, like, um, 
on her bare back or something. She had a, a, a dress that dipped and he made a point to like touch her bare back. She was very uncomfortable. There happened to be a photo snapped right when she was having a reaction to him. Like she was horrified and disgusted. But he came out at the time. He said, I didn't, you know, inappropriately touch anyone. I didn't sexually harass anyone. He said, I'm very sorry if, you know, people were offended by my conduct, something like that. Like he fell on the sword, but he was like, I've done nothing wrong. Like this is, this is all being misconstrued. This is a character assassination. He said, let there be an investigation. The truth will come out. The attorney general is going to do an investigation and y'all will see that I have nobody's, you know, harasser or inappropriate toucher or, or anything like that. My name will be cleared. Child. This report that came out, I want to say it was Tuesday. It was like 158 pages detailing that Cuomo's a goddamn animal. 11 women. It's 168 pages. Excuse me. The report says that 11 women came forward and accused him of sexual harassment in one form or another. At the press conference, the attorney general, she said, quote, the governor engaged in conduct constituting sexual harassment under federal and New York state law. Specifically, we find that the governor sexually harassed a number of current and former New York state employees by, among other things, engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching, as well as making numerous, numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women. In one instance, there was an unnamed executive assistant. The governor was found to have, quote, reached under her blouse and grabbed her breast, according to the report. The report also included an allegation from a woman who worked for an energy company. She said Cuomo touched her chest at an event. He ran his fingers across the lettering on her shirt, reading the name of her company aloud. Then he leaned in and he said, I'm going to say, I see a spider on your shoulder. And he brushed his hand in between her shoulder and breast. Pig. This is pig behavior. The same woman, she recounted a circumstance in which the governor moved his hand to grab her butt cheek and began to rub it. The rubbing lasted five seconds. Nigga. This the shit you doing at work? You can't just like pay somebody. Like you have like these power issues. Like you want to like, you know, feel in control. You want to like humiliate people. You know, you can't just pay somebody to like be humiliated. Like somebody who like wants that shit. I just, I feel like that's better than harassing women at the goddamn job. You, you know, you get your power kicks, you get your sexual kinks out the way, you get to rub somebody's ass for five seconds or randomly feel their breast. Like, do some role play. Can't you pay for this shit? Governor. Governor. In another instance, the report describes how Cuomo sexually harassed a state trooper assigned to his protective detail. He ran his hands across her stomach from her belly button to her right hip while she held a door open for him at an event. He also ran a finger down her back from the top of her neck down her spine to the middle of her back. And I know what that means. And he would address her 
as Hey You while she was standing in front of him in an elevator. I know what the Hey You means too, because that's my shit. Now I'm about to talk my shit. Hey You. I don't be doing that shit at work though, with colleagues. Jesus. The report details a pattern of behavior by the governor asking women why they were in relationships, if they would cheat on their partners, telling women they look great for their age. Okay, telling women they look great for their age, inappropriate. I don't know if that constitutes sexual harassment, but carry on. The report points out that the governor's behavior not only meets but exceeds the standard of sexual harassment as outlined by the law. Now, many people have been calling for Cuomo's resignation, including the president. President Biden said that he should resign. Said the head of the Democratic Party in New York. I wrote that name down. Where is it? Jay Jacobs. He is described in one news story as perhaps Cuomo's closest political ally. He's the head of New York's Democratic Party. He had once been the governor's staunchest defender. He's out. He said the governor's removal from office was inevitable. He says, quote, the governor has lost his ability to govern both practically and morally. Jacobs was handpicked by Cuomo for his job in 2019. Editorial boards for USA Today and the Washington Post have also denounced Cuomo. They are also demanding his resignation. And as of today, Friday morning on the West Coast, Cuomo has refused to resign. He denies the allegations against him. He says, quote, I want you to know directly from me that I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. That's not who I am. Cuomo added, quote, the facts are much different than what has been portrayed. There's talk of impeachment since he's refusing to resign. Impeachment to remove him from office. Although, I also read that that was unlikely. Apparently, there's only been one governor in New York removed from office. And I think I read that was like 100 years ago. I don't know, Mr. Cuomo. I don't know. And when I say I don't know, I mean, I don't know if he's going to stay in office. I do know. That's a lot of women coming forward with a lot of stories. I also know that back in March, when this whole story came out, Cuomo was telling us, wait for the facts. An opinion without facts is irresponsible. He said, wait for the investigation. The facts will come out. Sir, it was a four-month investigation. The facts have come out. You're a pig. You out here harassing people at the goddamn job. Rubbing asses, squeezing titties. Come on. That's too much. That's too much. I'll give you an inappropriate one-liner here or there. Like, talk is talk. But you putting hands on people? You say one or two hot things like, eh, it's inappropriate. It's, it's, it's ungood. I'm not condoning it. I'm saying we might be able to look past the words. Maybe. Depending on what they are. But grabbing ass and rubbing titties at the job? Come on. Come on. Hey, you. I could let that slide. Asking about relationship status? Inappropriate. I could let that slide. You look good for your age. Asshole. I could let that slide. Grabbing titties and ass at the office? Mm-mm. 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 You did too much. You did too much. You did some illegal shit. Some shit you signed in the law. You got to go. You got to go. It pains my heart to say it because, you know, I love Cuomo. Again, I was a Cuomo sexual. 
him and Chris, not at the same time, but I like them as brothers. I thought they're nice looking men. I thought they had nice energy. I like men who are quick with the tongue, quick on their feet. I like that. Good sense. I like lawyers. Figured that out recently. I think that's partially because like there's a part of me that feels like I should have become one. I like to argue. He got to go. He don't know how to act. You can't be governor and have these, these great lapses in judgment this way. You can't. In the same way that, you know, we were like Trump and the whole grab him by the pussy. You can't grab him by the ass or the titties either. Like, it, it's all inappropriate. So you got to go. Trump should have gone. Pomo got to go. He got to go. He got to go. That is this week's episode. I'm sure there's a bunch of shit that I missed because I ain't been watching the news or reading a lot of it. But that's the stuff that seeped through that it seems everyone is talking about. Next week, we should be back on schedule where episodes come out. I mean, I'm not saying midnight, but at least like earlier in the day. The Odyssey technically is over, although I got invites. Maybe there's like a halfway invite to New Orleans. I'm still trying to figure out what that is. I'll explain that someday. Maybe. But I'm actually only home for 10 days and then like I'm out again. Small trips. Like my homegirl is coming to the West Coast and I'm going to meet up with her. And then Infinity is joining the Odyssey. The car. So we're going on a little trip with Infinity. That should be fun. I can't promise that we'll be totally back to normal. But we should be more normal than we have been for the last month. Thank you for riding with me throughout the Odyssey. I did two episodes a week for the entire Odyssey. Like, I'm fucking amazed. None of them were on time, but they got done. I'm very, very proud of myself for that. Go Demi. You got to celebrate yourself. Hey, Alfonso Ribeiro, that's something you need to know. Sometimes you just got to celebrate yourself. And you just got to be like, yo, I I did a good thing. It wasn't perfect, but it was good. And it's a win. So celebrate. But yeah. That's the episode for this week. I'm about to get in some last minute pool time. And then I'm going to take my black ass to the airport. So I can get back to L.A. Thanks as always for listening. We'll talk again on Tuesday. Maybe Tuesday night. But Tuesday nonetheless. Okay. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.